This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, as you know, we are big supporters of the pro-life movement here at Undaunted Life. And on the podcast, we obviously talk about that quite a bit. We've done a lot of different episodes specifically on this issue, but every year we're going to at least talk about it once, and that's because of the March for Life. So just uh, last week on January 24th of 2020, that was the 47th annual March for Life. And that is where, you know, it's typically in Washington, D.C., but we have people get together all around the country, but they get together and they march for life. That's literally what they do. So these are people that all support the pro-life cause. These are anti-abortion people. These are not anti-women people. These are people that are getting together that are trying to voice their support for the, the least of these, for the most uh, susceptible to danger and violence. And that is unborn children in the United States of America. As I've mentioned before, and I've mentioned recently, Planned Parenthood alone kills about a thousand kids a day. They kill a thousand human beings per day. And there's still right around a million people killed every year just in the United States from abortion. Okay. It's absolutely absurd. You've heard me talk about before. I've, I've debunked most of the arguments that anyone on the pro-choice side of things would make, but it is what it is. So every year, there's this march. It's the biggest march takes place in Washington, D.C. And as is per usual with this year, it is largely uncovered by the media, largely uncovered by the media. Not not a surprise, though, because everyone in the mainstream media, they're incredibly pro-choice. They they think that, you know, abortion is health care. This is just it's like getting your tonsils taken out. It's like no big deal. It's like ACL surgery. It's like, no, it's not. It's just whatever. We can just kind of take care of it there. It's a morally neutral thing. And we just move on with our lives. And it's better. We even have actresses here recently. Recently, I think it was at the Golden Globes that get up there and talk about if they didn't have an abortion, they wouldn't have the career that they had. They wouldn't be able to accept this little trophy that probably cost $20 to make. They wouldn't be able to have that if they didn't slaughter their children. So it's just an awesome time that we live in. But the biggest reason why the media doesn't cover it is because it doesn't fit a narrative, right? So what I want to kind of do is kind of compare and contrast two different marches, right? So we've got the March for Life, which is this year, I haven't seen any of the numbers yet, but I've watched the procession. If it wasn't tens of thousands, it might've been hundreds of thousands, but I don't want to be hyperbolic, but let's just say tens of thousands of people show up to Washington, D.C. on a very, very cold day and they march for life. But the media will talk about the Women's March, Remember when the women's march was a thing, when that was like a big deal all over the country and all over the world, all these women are getting together, basically fighting the patriarchy and fighting toxic masculinity and screaming at the sky or whatever the situation might be. They still cover stuff like that until a year like this year, when about 17 people across the entire country did the women's march. And then it's like, oh, okay, we don't really need to talk about that. But basically the coverage for March for Life gets buried every single year. There will be a slight mention of it on the New York Times or USA Today or something like that, but it's not front page news. Just think about this though. Whenever that many people get together for any reason, for any full-throated cause, don't we cover that? You know, we do that whenever it's on, you know, gun violence. We do that when it's ever on. I mean, I'm trying to think of any issue where that many people on an annual basis get together and give their support for something. That's newsworthy, right? This is a 47th annual. It's newsworthy worthy every year. And we just don't do that because again, it doesn't fit the agenda. It just kind of is what it is. But there was something special that happened this year. And I remember talking about this last year, about this being special, that Donald Trump addressed the crowd last year via video. In uh, the year prior to that, it was uh, the vice president, Mike Pence. But this year, for the first time in the history of the March for Life, a sitting president of the United States actually was there live and addressed the crowd live. And so again, 
Say what you want to say about Donald Trump. There's obviously a lot of things to say, good and bad, but this was historic. This was absolutely historic. And you would think that because of this historic thing that he did showing up to something that's been going on for near 50 years and being the first person to address that crowd, you would have thought to yourself, okay, this is at least newsworthy, but ah, it didn't really get any attention. So what I actually want to play for you right now is I actually want to play for you the entire speech that Trump made. And and I'll just go ahead and, and come out and say this from the beginning. I know there are some rules out there about, you know, common usage of, you know, you can take quotes from this podcast or this speech or whatever and use it yourself if there's a common usage thing. But I'm going to put the whole thing in here because I want you to listen to the whole thing because I know that sometimes whenever I put a link in the show notes and say, Hey, go watch this. And then I'll, you know, come back and talk about that. You're just, you're not really willing to do that. A lot of you guys maybe get lazy or you just don't really give a crap and you just don't really do that. And so I'm just going to take a risk here. I'm not sure I can do this, but I'm, I'm gonna, so it just kind of is what it is. If I have to take it down later, I certainly will comply with that, but I'm going to play the entire speech. So it's about 13 minutes long and it's a very Trumpy speech. Uh, we'll get more into my thoughts on that speech, my thoughts on Trump's pro-life stance here in a little bit, but let's go ahead and join uh, Donald Trump from the March for Life speech he delivered on January 24th of 2020. Well, thank you very much, and thank you, Jeannie. It is my profound honor to be the first president in history to attend the March for Life. We're here for a very simple reason, to defend the right of every child, born and unborn, to fulfill their God-given potential. For 47 years, Americans of all backgrounds have traveled from across the country to stand for life. And today, as President of the United States, I am truly proud to stand with you. I want to welcome tens of thousands, this is a tremendous turnout, tens of thousands of high school and college students who took long bus rides to be here in our nation's capital. And to make you feel even better, there are tens of thousands of people outside that we passed on the way in. If anybody would like to give up their spot, we could work that out. You have a tremendous group of people outside, thousands and thousands wanted to get in. This is some great success. Young people are the heart of the March for Life, and it's your generation that is making America the pro-family, pro-life nation. The life movement is led by strong women, amazing faith leaders, and brave students who carry on the legacy of pioneers before us, who fought to raise the conscience of our nation and uphold the rights of our citizens. You embrace mothers with care and compassion. You are powered by prayer and motivated by pure, unselfish love. You're grateful, and we are so grateful. These are incredible people to be joined by Secretary Alex Azar and Kellyanne Conway. Thank you. And thanks also to Senators Mike Lee and James Lankford, who are here. James. 
Thank you, fellas. And representatives Steve Scalise, Chris Smith, Ralph Abraham, Warren Davidson, Bob Latta, John Joyce, Lloyd Smucker, Brian Fitzpatrick, and Brad Winstrup. Thank you all. And I have to say, and I look at it, and I see it exactly. We have many, many more politicians in the audience, but if you don't mind, I won't introduce them all. All of us here today understand an eternal truth. Every child is a precious and sacred gift from God. Together, we must protect, cherish, and defend the dignity and the sanctity of every human life. When we see the image of a baby in the womb, we glimpse the majesty of God's creation. When we hold a newborn in our arms, we know the endless love that each child brings to a family. When we watch a child grow, we see the splendor that radiates from each human soul. One life changes the world from my family. And I can tell you, I send love and I send great, great love. And from the first day in office, I've taken a historic action to support America's families and to protect the unborn. And during my first week in office, I reinstated and expanded the Mexico City policy, and we issued a landmark pro-life rule to govern the use of Title X taxpayer funding. I notified Congress that I would veto any legislation that weakens pro-life policies or that encourages the destruction of human life. At the United Nations, I made clear that global bureaucrats have no business attacking the sovereignty of nations that protect innocent life. Unborn children have never had a stronger defender in the White House. And as the Bible tells us, each person is wonderfully made. We have taken decisive action to protect the religious liberty. So important, religious liberty has been under attack all over the world and frankly, very strongly attacked in our nation. You see it better than anyone, but we are stopping it. And we're taking care of doctors, nurses, teachers, and groups like the Little Sisters of the Poor. We are preserving faith-based adoption. And to uphold our founding documents, we have confirmed 187 federal judges who apply the Constitution as written, including two phenomenal Supreme Court justices, Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh. We are protecting pro-life students' right to free speech on college campuses. 
And if universities want federal taxpayer dollars, then they must uphold your First Amendment right to speak your mind. And if they don't, they pay a very big financial penalty, which they will not be willing to pay. Sadly, the far left is actively working to erase our God-given rights, shut down faith-based charities, ban religious believers from the public square, and silence Americans who believe in the sanctity of life. They are coming after me because I am fighting for you, and we are fighting for those who have no voice. And we will win because we know how to win. We all know how to win. We all know how to win. You've been winning for a long time. You've been winning for a long time. Together, we are the voice for the voiceless. When it comes to abortion, Democrats, and you know this, you've seen what's happened. Democrats have embraced the most radical and extreme positions taken and seen in this country for years and decades. And you could even say for centuries, nearly every top Democrat in Congress now supports taxpayer-funded abortion all the way up until the moment of birth. Last year, lawmakers in New York cheered with delight upon the passage of legislation that would allow a baby to be ripped from the mother's womb right up until delivery. Then we had the case of the Democrat governor in the state of Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia. And we love the Commonwealth of Virginia, but what is going on in Virginia? What is going on? The governor stated that he would execute a baby after birth. You remember that. Senate Democrats even blocked legislation that would give medical care to babies who survive attempted abortions. And that's why I've called on Congress, two of our great senators here, so many of our congressmen here, and called upon them to defend the dignity of life and to pass legislation prohibiting late-term abortion of children who can feel pain in their mother's womb. This year, the March for Life is celebrating the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, which forever enshrined women's rights to vote in the United States and given by the United States Constitution. Such a big event. Today, millions of extraordinary women across America are using the power of their votes to fight for the right and all of their rights, as given in the Declaration of Independence, it's the right to life. To all the women here today, your devotion and your leadership uplifts our entire nation, and we thank you for that. The tens of thousands of Americans gathered today not only stand for life, it's really here that they stand for it so proudly together. And I want to thank everybody for that. You stand for life 
Each and every day, you provide housing, education, jobs, and medical care to the women that you serve. You find loving families for children in need of a forever home. You host baby showers for expecting moms. You make — you just make it your life's mission to help spread God's grace. And to all of the moms here today, we celebrate you, and we declare that mothers are heroes. Your strength, devotion, and drive is what powers our nation. And because of you, our country has been blessed with amazing souls who have changed the course of human history. We cannot know what our citizens, yet unborn, will achieve, the dreams they will imagine, the masterpieces they will create, the discoveries they will make. But we know this. Every life brings love into this world. Every child brings joy to a family. Every person is worth protecting. And above all, we know that every human soul is divine and every human life, born and unborn, is made in the holy image of Almighty God. Together, we will defend this truth all across our magnificent land. We will set free the dreams of our people. And with determined hope, we look forward to all of the blessings that will come from the beauty, talent, purpose, nobility, and grace of every American child. I want to thank you. This is a very special moment. It's so great to represent you. I love you all. And And I say with true passion, thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you all. Thank you. So for some of you, I know that was painful. You're like, oh my gosh, I just had to listen to 13 minutes of Donald Trump. I hate him. He's the worst. He's the devil. And for some of you, you're like, woo, MAGA, MAGA. And then it's like the best thing you've ever heard in your entire life because it's Trump. And then you're maybe someone like me who's somewhere in the middle on this guy. Again, I've been clear about Donald Trump from the beginning, the goods and the bads. That's not what I'm here to talk about today. But in terms of the, the speech itself, the speech was pretty Trumpy in certain places. It was like, oh, this is the best speech ever. Like, that's just kind of... You know, the thing is, he kind of puts it in there a few times. Um, It was a very controlled speech because obviously he was on teleprompter. This isn't like a normal stump speech or, you know, one of the speeches that he does whenever he's at one of his rallies where he's, you know, kind of being a comedian and going off the cuff. He's he's kind of being in his lane. Right. So it was very controlled. Uh, the language was very, very specific. Uh, he talks a lot about lung, uh, lung people, young people, talks a lot about young people and how that is kind of the lifeblood of the pro-life movement. And that that's true. You, you have a lot of people that would consider themselves part of the pro-life generation. And that's really important that he pointed those people out. Um, he talked a lot about women um, in a lot of different places in this speech in terms of how important they are. But the thing is, is people think that the pro-life movement is just old white men, right? 
that just want to control women's bodies, some sort of handmaid's tale thing. But the overwhelming majority of people that work in pro-life causes and counseling centers and pregnancy resource centers are women, the overwhelming majority. And that's always kind of the argument that I give to people when people are like, oh, you can't have an opinion. You're a guy. What would you know? Well, explain to me why uh, I have the same opinion as millions of other women. Like you're a woman and you think, oh, it's going to be okay to kill the baby growing inside of your stomach. But for millions of other women, they don't see it that way. So your, your point is not valid. So hush your butt. He also invokes God quite a bit, invokes scripture, kind of does that whole thing. And again, I think Donald Trump's personal faith, it's it's a dubious thing at best to assume that that is terribly sincere. Uh, That's just my read. I know some of you are like, oh, that's the craziest thing you could say. Why would you say that? But again, he doesn't show a lot of fruit, uh, in the way that he acts now. He hasn't shown a lot of fruit in his past, but you know, he's invoking God in to a certain degree. Uh, that's red meat for his base. And to be honest, uh, this entire speech is kind of red meat for the base. Um, and if you don't know what I mean by that, it's like, okay, if you're Bernie Sanders, red meat for your base is socialism and everybody gets free, everything and blah, blah, blah. Like that's red meat. So you don't have to have any substance to it. You don't have to have any plans around it. You just have to say it. People will cheer and they will love you for it. So there was a lot of red meat in this speech, but overall I thought the speech was good. Um, I thought the speech was, was really good. And at the very least, regardless of what you think of the speech itself, it was historic. It was absolutely historic that a sitting president came and addressed this crowd. And this kind of leads to the next thing that I want to maybe talk about and consider is, you know, is Donald Trump the most pro-life president that we've ever had? And even as I said that, some of you are thinking to yourselves like, oh no, he better not compare him to Reagan, better not compare him to Bush. That's my boy. Like I, I get it. But here's the thing, Ronald Reagan, uh, during his tenure as the governor of California, he did a lot of pro-choice things. He supported a lot of pro-choice legislation. Um, there were opportunities for George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush to have some pro-life legislation put through for some judges and some different things. And they didn't really capitalize on it. And none of those people participated in the March for Life. They weren't exactly full-throated in their support of the pro-life cause. It was one of those things that it was more of an assumptive thing. We assume that those guys were in support of it, but they weren't loud about it because for a lot of them, it was bad political calculus that you didn't want to get into something like that. You didn't want to get into a discussion about that because it was just way too hot of of an issue. And the thing is, is guys, is it's going to continue to be a hot button issue because a large section of the United States thinks that we're murdering babies by the thousands every single day because we are. And there are some people that have convinced themselves that, oh, what's growing inside that stomach? It's not anything. It's a clump of cells. It has no moral value, even up to the moment of birth. Even if we do a partial birth abortion, which is essentially where you pull the baby out of the vagina by the legs, you leave the head inside the vagina, you you jam a pair of scissors into the base of the neck, open it up, stick a suction tube in there and suck the baby's brains out. Or some people that will actually deliver the baby alive and leave it to the side and wait for it to die. Or we've actually seen cases of this where nurses will deliver the baby and strangle it to death. Ooh. There are a lot of people that believe that this is an okay thing to do. It's morally neutral. It's just a clump of cells. That's kind of where we live right now. But Donald Trump has been the only president that has been vehement in his outward support of the pro-life cause. Okay. So yes, he talked about the judges that he's uh, gotten approved on, you know, across the nation. He's talked about the Supreme court, which, you know, Gorsuch, yes, good. Kavanaugh, probably not on the pro-life issue, but you know, time will tell. 
But yeah, I think you have to say at this point, even if you hate Trump, even if you have massive issues with him, as and as I've said before, I have some pretty massive issues and disagreements with him. He has been the most vocally pro-life president we have ever had. Now, again, I don't know that Donald Trump actually believes the stuff that he's saying about the pro-life cause. I think he knows that when he says it, it gins up his base and and that's what you do in politics. That's how you get reelected. But yes, he has been the most vocally and publicly pro-life president that we've ever had. But we got to be real about this as well. For the first two years of Donald Trump's presidency, he had the White House because he was in it, but Republicans had control of the Senate and the House. He had complete control. And so you would have thought he would have done things on the border wall, right? He, he could have been able to jam through legislation on that because he essentially had a bully pulpit. And the same thing is true about defunding Planned Parenthood. He talked about defunding Planned Parenthood the whole time in 2016 to the run-up to the election. He talked about everything that the pro-lifers like me wanted to hear. And a lot of those people gave him his vote or gave them his vote or their vote. And the thing is, is he didn't do anything with the pro-life cause, really, because he could have very easily removed federal funding from Planned Parenthood and Republicans, every time that they approve a spending bill or an increase in the budget or any of those things, it always includes funding for Planned Parenthood, no matter what. So we have these people that are out there, you know, fighting and hooting and hollering. And he mentioned James Lankford, who's, you know, my senator here in the state of Oklahoma, who we really, really like. And I've talked to him in person about the pro-life issue and about the issue of abortion overall. But the thing about it is, is people like him and everybody else that keep voting to allow these things to go through. Now, some of them are part of these huge packages where you, you're not just basically voting on a line item. You're voting on a thing in totality. And I know that that's difficult because you need to keep everything moving and shaking whenever you've created this Leviathan of a federal government. But at the end of the day, uh, Donald Trump has been very vocally pro-life, but there's things that he could have done and that his administration could have done that they just didn't. And so there is a little bit of a a skeptic in me. I'm I'm a little bit cynical about the fact that perhaps this is all just for political gain to a certain degree. He's saying these things so that he keeps his base energized for 2020. It's a smart move. And again, if the option is between him and Bernie Sanders, which as of this exact second, that's the, the Vegas odds have Bernie Sanders being your Democratic candidate for president. Like, how horrifying is that? But when you're looking at that dichotomy, I mean, you, you have to go with Trump. Foibles and all, warts and all, you got to go with a guy like that. I mean, you can't go with somebody that wants to fundamentally take away what America is and what it has been. You just can't do that. But the thing about it is, guys, is when you're looking at this cause and you're looking at elections, because again, as we talked about before, it's as if local elections don't matter anymore. It's all about the federal level. That's what we're all like fired up about. And that's, you know, why we watch Fox news or MSNBC or CNN or whatever. Democrats have nowhere to go on this issue. They just, they can't come back to the center anymore and they won't because they can't really get much more extreme about the subject of abortion. Because when you support the federal funding using taxpayer dollars for abortion up until the moment of birth, there's not much more you can do with that issue because every single major candidate for president, except for Tulsi Gabbard, to my knowledge, supports abortion up to the moment of birth. I'm pretty sure. And if I'm wrong, please correct me. I think Tulsi Gabbard is the only one that doesn't think that we should be able to kill a baby up until the day that they're supposed to be given live birth, right? We just don't see that. 
There's no such thing as a moderate anymore. I mean, I, I think there's a couple of people. There was one article about a quote unquote pro-life Democrat that said something uh, here recently or whatever, but that's a unicorn for the hundreds of Democrats, thousands of Democrats across the country that hold office. That's, that's something that you just can't, you can't even think it, much less say it out loud. It is part of the official party platform that we are Democrats, we kill babies, we don't care, we value the life of certain people over others, it is what it is, deal with it. And that's the world that we live in right now, guys. And so, again, as my encouragement is to you all the time, is you have to stay up with the abortion issue. You have to continue to maintain a level of understanding as to what is happening in your community and the greater community of the United States and the greater community of the world. Again, I've suggested to you before, watch One Child Nation on Amazon. If you have Amazon Prime, go and download that and watch One Child Nation. Again, are we that far away from having a point where we're forcing people to have abortions. Is it really that crazy to think that we could have forced abortions or forced sterility here in the United States? I mean, they did it in China. They did it in the modern age in China. This wasn't something that happened hundreds of years ago. This happened a few years ago, right? I mean, they got rid of the policy not that long ago, but I mean, there's remnants of it even still to this day. It's absolutely flabbergasting. But again, guys, as I always encourage you to do, you need to have your your mind right. You need to have your sights set on this type of an issue and you have to stand up for the unborn. Guys, before we let you go, we are going to do a quick resilience boost. As you know, by now we are a men's ministry and our mission is cultivating manly resilience. Specifically, we do that by providing content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. So for you today, I've got the video of Donald Trump addressing the 2020 March for Life crowd. It's a YouTube link, so you can watch that there. And then I've got three links for you that I've shared with you before. I've got the websites for End Abortion Now, Life News, and Live Action. So End Abortion Now is Jeff Durbin and Apologia Church's uh, abortion uh, or, you know, it's their anti-abortion ministry that they do and the, the things that they have. Obviously, they're very, very forward and very forthright with the way that they do things. That's going to appeal to some of you. Then there's Life News. That is probably the best news site because it's news that's just directly related to the pro-life cause. And so anytime that there's anything that comes up on the subject of abortion, it is there. That's what's going to keep you in the loop. And then Live Action, they've got some great videos um, and they they have a great a lot of great things that they do that kind of support people that are trying to end abortion. And again, you know, uh, end abortion now in live action, they don't exactly see eye to eye on everything, but I full, full heartedly support those three. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We really do appreciate it. If you would, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or Google Play, and refer your friends to listen and share this on social media. If we deserve a five-star review, please leave us one. I'm currently booking speaking engagements for the entirety of 2020, so if you want me to come speak at your men's group, at your church, at your team, whatever, hit me up, info at undaunted.life. Again, that's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. The website is www.undaunted.life. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at undauntedlife or facebook.com backslash Undaunted Life. Check out our free devotionals on the YouVersion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their entire music library for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is our song King of Sorrow, which is off their latest record entitled Phantom Anthem. Links are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience. Keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. Keep seeking the Lion of Judah. <laughs>